Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt, and now a changed man out from the other side. The old Casey, who had not experienced Disneyland, is dead. The new Casey that has been well, to no, California. I, I, I've been to California once before. Remember, I went, I went last year. Oh, that's, too, that's so. right. That's so this right, is my right. second visit, but my first visit as a travel agent, which I that's think that's right. That's been, right. Right. Yes. My apologies. My well, apologies. and it was my first visit to Disneyland property too. So maybe that's where you were kind of at. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. You know, it's still, you're a changed man. Like that's really what the, the, most of the, the moral of the story. Yeah. <laughs> well, hi everyone. I know we didn't have a show last week because I was out and Matt. I know you were busy the week before i did the top 10 reasons to visit disneyland um which was a kind of a good precursor to what we're going to talk about today which is a, a trip recap of of not just disneyland but california and kind of firsthand in the moment why you might want to do a trip to california and kind of like my immediate reactions to some of the stuff that i got to do yeah um, halloween as well of course yeah, halloween is very, very close next bash. Week. yeah so um talking that kind of stuff but we we got to start very quickly uh, um <laughs> with the uh disney 100 little yes. special once upon a studio um, I have to just... say, I woke up to your text saying, I know you probably saw this, okay. but this will give you your cry for the day. For the record, no, I had not seen it yet because I was at Oogie Boogie Bash and we yeah. were, like we were out, you know, California time is two hours removed from Central and yeah, three very hours much forgot that Eastern. when I sent the text to you at eight something in the morning. <laughs> like, oh, shoot. no, no, no worries. No worries. <laughs> and of course, I have no context for it. So I'm watching this and it's only like a seven second clip that you send me it's the moment when when mickey is talking to walt but um well obviously what we're referring to is the disney 100 short they, they've teased this thing i know they previewed it at d23 oh my god talk about disney knew exactly what they were doing with this short and it has gotten i don't think i've seen one piece of criticism about it at all at no nothing no. which is very rare for anything i, I can't disney I, I can't believe it <laughs> yeah um 543 different characters um I, just absolutely assigned. so for those of you who don't know first of all what rock are you living under yeah <laughs> um go to your disney plus you can watch it on disney plus um they've also showed it in a couple uh, ahead of a couple different um movies they showed it on abc i believe on sunday night it, yeah it's only seven minutes i want yeah, to it's say. not it's, long no but in that seven minutes they are able to cram and when i say cram i mean lovingly cram so much nostalgia into it what were your first impressions when you saw it um i, I think that that was the the cramming thing like <laughs> the the like wow like it's one of those like you know that there's a lot of characters in disney but because there isn't like a house of mouse type mm -hmm. show you, you forget you, you you forget and you're like holy cats like it there are so many characters but um you know really what it came down to was i mean it was that moment where it's the mickey looking at the picture of walt with feed the birds playing in the background you've heard the story about feed the birds oh now. yeah exactly, and, and, exactly. Well, you've heard what that particular moment now so for those of you who don't know 
so um the Sherman brothers were the ones who who initially created that song and, and performed that song for um Mary Poppins and it was it was well known it was Walt's favorite song and he would ask the Sherman brothers to come into his office and just randomly play it on the piano every day yeah. uh, or or several times a week or whatever and of course when Walt died um uh, it, it was is it Robert Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman um, would go into his office after Walt died and continue to play the song for his boss. Well, for that moment, that moment, this just gives me chills to hear this. That moment, um, in the short, they invited him back into Walt's office on that piano to record him playing that song again for that moment in that short so that was an original version of that song on walt's piano in walt's office as a tribute to walt and i think that's the key is that like this could have very easily just been like a pandering yeah you know whatever yada 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 um but they really put some like that that takes thought like doing that piece because no one would have said anything and everyone would have been, it would have been just as emotional yep. had there been a nice generic, nice little piano thing behind there. Mickey looking at Walt doing his, you know, doing his thing like nobody would have said boo about it. It would have been still like great. But the fact that that's the direction that they took it uh, just says a lot about like the care that was taken. The other one that I thought was very, very interesting. And I had to look this one up was, um, and the story behind it was, uh, Robin Williams. Yes. Uh, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure it was Robin Williams because Frank Caliendo, Caliendo does a great genie. Yeah. And you're right. I had to look that one up and they used outtakes with the, yeah. and it was with the permission of Williams family. Cause yeah. again, a lot of people don't realize this, um, the Robin Williams and Disney kind of had a falling out and the Williams family had a falling out with Disney uh, towards uh, uh, back, back a long time ago. Um, and, and Robin, it all originates to the fact that Robin Williams did not want the genie to be advertised more than the other characters. And yet on all of the posters and everything, the genie is this big image. Right. Um, I also believe if I'm not mistaken, the voice we hear in Happily Ever After is also Robin Williams. So I think somewhere along the lines, there was an amends, but they used outtakes. Yeah, Matt, you yeah, talked about outtakes. that. You talked about that on, what was it, our top oh. 10? I think it was our top 10 Disney characters um, podcast where we wind up as the genie, as the number one. And you talk about how, either that one or the top 10 songs where like he just he just improvised so much he would just go i mean it was i mean if, if you've watched any of robin williams's comedy yeah. it was just he just went and um by the way uh, I, I, if you have small children don't watch robin williams comedy with the small yeah. children until yeah. you've watched it first because it's not always uh not safe for work let's just well, put it that way that that was one of the jokes of like you know it's like 20 minutes of these outtakes and like the crew is just rolling on the floor laughing and they're yeah. like robin we can't use any of this this is yeah. a children's movie yeah um but anyway you know it, it's but that that i thought was a very nice touch um I don't know. Like, you know, we've talked about this with how, you know, a little bit kind of in recent, you know, recent uh, months where this is the kind of show that like, I really feel like Disney needs to tap into more where like their characters are interacting with each other and recognizing that, you know, th that they're all like this one big happy family yeah. that, you know, does does a thing together. And, uh, you, you know, I, 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 what I was surprised with with us, Matt, was 
for being seven minutes, the pacing of this could have felt really rushed. Mm-hmm. But there were moments, several moments of comedy gold where the pacing was not off. Like it didn't feel like they tried to rush because they could have done any amount of time on this. They could have done 15 minutes. They could have made this, they made it seven minutes for whatever reason, but like, like great moment. Um, Are all the villains going to be here? Not all of them. And then, you know, Hans gets frozen in the painting, which is just hilarious. (laughs) It's, it's comedy gold. Yeah. And the other thing about it too, is that no one character got more, I guess, screen time than another per se. Like there were some that were like blip moments just to kind of see them, especially some like the newer characters. Yeah. Um, And then like, they also played into like the characters' personalities. Like I absolutely love the Donald Duck, Donald Duck and sloth moment and, and, and yeah. flash moment where, where Donald's angry and like, that's his personality. Like talk about absolutely amazing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, And then of course, ever the moment everyone talks about where, the very first princess, Snow White, holds hands with the very the newest princess that will be part of Wish, whose name is escaping me at the top of my head. Um, but the newest yeah, princess yes, from yes, Wish, that one, and kind of coming full circle. I do have one gripe though. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm here for it. Where was Roger Rabbit? Yeah, so that was that. Okay, you and we said there's been very little criticism. Yes, that was the one like, again, criticism is a is a, you know, to say I didn't like it because it didn't have Roger Rabbit is an incorrect statement. But that's one that I've I've heard of like, okay, I get that there's probably some, you know, rights things tied up there. There are there are apparently it's it's how do you not? I don't know. Well, and I, you know, if you know, there's no Pixar in it because this is Walt Disney animation, right? So it's a little bit different. Like, I guess they had to cut it at some point. But with how much Roger Rabbit played and meant to the studio during that period of the 80s and 90s, it was a little weird. Again, 99.9% loved this short. It it will go down as one of the greatest moments uh, in in Walt Disney history. Um, I will tell you, there was something pretty spectacular about watching it Monday morning right before we went to Disneyland park and then getting into Disneyland park and standing in front of Walt's apartment on main street. Yeah. And I'm crying right now looking at the light and, and just sitting there and taking my moment. I I took a picture of it. It's in all the pictures I posted um, of just 100 years because of this man, because of what this man thought and and saw Um, pretty outstanding, pretty outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. And Man, the more stuff I know, I'm kind of veering a little bit off topic, but the more stuff that I'm seeing about the new movie Wish, oh man, like I think we got a frozen on our hands here. We've got a villain, we've got some fun characters. Like every preview, I'm like, I am excited. We've got some hand drawn animation in the background. I don't know if you saw that or not. Mm -hmm. So this is a mix of computer and hand drawn animation. Like this is this is going to be as long as the story's good. Like yep. Everything is about the story. And, and you know, Disney's very rarely missed on story. Sometimes they do. But this is a fairy tale with magic, with the villain, with some amazing characters, with hand-drawn animation. I don't know if it's a musical yet or not. Have we heard it? it's a oh, yeah. Okay, so it's a musical. They just like, released the single for it. Uh, so it's already on my Disney. Okay, I have, to, I, have to, I have to look it up. <laughs> so, like, 
all of that combined tells me that we are in for a frozen level event. Um, uh, at the very least, a Moana level event. Uh, yeah. Probably, hopefully frozen level. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But. Okay. So, you know, I, we're going to kind of play a little like, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of interview you and. and okay. Kinda, you let's know, do it. <laughs> um, uh, you know, because there's some things that like I, I want to try to get away from like the stuff that we already know yeah. and more on to like some of the um, uh, like kind of the, the, the nitty gritty here. So. Can you give me a brief, like, uh, remind listeners, me, like, brief overview of your time yes, in the yes. Disneyland Park? Like, how long did you go? What, like, what what, what was kind of your schedule? So this was our second trip, right? So at this point, Nate and I are no longer novices. This was my first trip as a travel agent, which means I've learned a lot more about Disneyland Park as well. So when we initially booked the trip, it was going to be arrive Sunday night, maybe spend some time in downtown Disney, do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Disneyland. So Disneyland Monday. California Adventure Tuesday, Disneyland on Wednesday with park hopping as necessary. Then Oogie Boogie Bash tickets opened up and I was successfully able to get those. And I, I want to spend some time talking about that because these things were like impossible to get. So we ended up doing Sunday night at Oogie Boogie Bash, which is held at Disney California Adventure. Then Monday was Disneyland. Tuesday was California Adventure. And then Wednesday was Disneyland. That was the plan. Thursday was then we drove over to Universal Studios Hollywood because Super Nintendo World is there, which I can't wait yep. to talk about. And then um, Friday, we did the Warner Brothers Studio Tour um, and then just kind of did some of the basic Hollywood, like Hollywood Walk of Fame, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And then we left and we came back home yesterday. So that's okay. the broad overview of the trip. OK. All right. So let's let's start non-Halloween things. Um, uh, what is. It, what is the thing at Disneyland that is your favorite is hmm, how do I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so I'm preparing for this. Uh, what, I guess, what was your favorite thing? What's your favorite thing about Disneyland? So, okay. So here's, let's start here. Um, first of all, it's hard to get away from Disneyland and California adventure and take the Halloween out of it when you're there during Halloween time, yeah. they do Halloween better than Disney world does hands down. But in fact, more than one ride has an overlay um, with Halloween at Disney California Adventure. You've got so Mater Mater's Junkyard Jamboree is Mater's Graveyard Jamboree. Um, they've got the the Gal Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout during the Halloween party becomes Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters Unleashed. Unleashed. Yeah, which is amazing. But to answer your question, when I was there last June, June 2022, I was afraid to ride the Incredicoaster. Not because I'm afraid of the roller coaster part of it. I'm a big guy. I, I've expressed this before. I wasn't sure the restraints were going to fit me. And there's there's an embarrassment factor of walking through the line, getting on, and not being able to take the restraints. For those of you who are poo-sized, you know what I'm talking about. My friend Taylor, Taylor, if you're listening, thank you, told me if you can fit the Aerosmith restraints at Walt Disney World, they're the exact same for the Incredicoaster. Well, I did the Aerosmith ride last year and no problem. No problem at all. I was like, okay. So that was probably my favorite ride to conquer that I had not done before, which was the Incredicoaster. Um and you're not an Incredibles guy. So that's, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 take the theming out of it. Just the ride itself is a lot of fun. But then there's the theming part of it. It's a fun coaster. I would even say for those of you who have kids 
who maybe are afraid of, of an upside down, this only has one loop. Unlike Aerosmith, which has multiple spirals, this has one loop. The rest of it's just, just it's a fun ride. It's almost like combining um, Slinky Dog Dash with Aerosmith with less loops. Okay. So if you okay. got a if you got a kid who wants to take that next step from like like Goofy's Barnstormer to that next level, this is the coaster for them. And it has a single rider, by the way. Ooh. So so that's another thing I want to add. Disneyland has a ton of single rider lines for you. So if you don't mind not riding with your party, this is a good option. But anyway, we rode that a couple times. Really love that. So I was very happy to say I conquered that. But my favorite ride at the entire out, out of both parks is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. It, it is just I, 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 those Tower of Terror fans out there, it's the same ride, but it's set to music. And you see, and the Guardians are with you, and it's fun. You're not screaming, you're laughing the whole time as you go up and down on this thing. I have no way to explain it, but that is my absolute favorite ride. So that's what I would say. Those two non-Halloween would be the things that I enjoyed most while I was at the Disneyland. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some, uh, you're dying to talk about it. So let's get into the Halloween portion of this. Yes, yes, yes. um, um, uh, You know, you got Oogie Boogie Bash. Mm -hmm. You get these, you know, you get these tickets that are are, are really hard. I saw some of the pictures. Like, I mean, the the place is done up. Yes. And um, and everything. So, yeah. uh which let's start here and then you can go along with like your entire experience which villain did you enjoy seeing the most in person oh you know what crazy you're gonna say this mad madam mim was the best really madam mim hands down that cast member nailed her um we got up uh to, to first of all you don't take pictures with them you, I mean, you can kind of selfie with them but it's it, it's a character experience it's not a meet and greet one of the things that we got wrong that we didn't realize was that these it's not in villain. So villains Grove is something completely different. It's not like they're all in one area. They're all basically they're called immersive treat trails. So you, you line up, you get your treats. And at the end of the treat trail, after you've gotten like handfuls of candy, by the way, <laughs> we got so much candy. Um, that's when you see the villain, right? So, um, Mad Madam Mim was really fun because first of all, the cast member nailed it. So, but Amy gets up there. This is Amy's favorite character. As you know, Amy, I know you're listening. Um, uh, uh, Amy's favorite. And I, and I said, I, I yelled out to Madam Mim. I said, you know, she's your biggest fan. This is Amy. And she started going on this thing. Oh my God, Amy. How, you know, she was so excited about it. Oh, my biggest fan. Of course you are. You know, and did her thing and did the spin and everything. She just nailed the experience, which was good. Judge Doom was just absolutely phenomenal watching him put that shoe in the dip, which was great. Oh, um, yeah. I loved Cruella. This was the Cruella Cruella, the um, the actual one yeah. from the, the newer movie. She was fabulous, like absolutely fabulous. Mother God, I mean, they were all on. Like that's that's what I think was really fun about it. We didn't see the one from Big Hero 6. I had no interest in seeing her. Yeah, that's fine. And by the time we realized kind of what we wanted, we only had so much time. Oh, yeah. And we knew we wanted to ride rides. We really weren't too concerned about getting the candy, but because the candy was part of the character experiences. So, like, we didn't want to go all the way back to Pixar Pier to see Sid. Like, it just, it would have been, like, too much. But, though, like, we saw Mother Gothel, Madam Mim, um, uh, Judge Doom, 
Um, who else did we see? Oh my goodness, I'm uh, Oogie Boogie, Cruella. Um, I thought there was one more. I don't know, but so we did that, and of course the, the capacity is low after six o'clock. And and I want to caveat this: we got there about four. It was blisteringly hot like it was 90 and we're in these costumes they loved our costumes i went as wreck it ralph nate yeah. went as fix it felix and amy went as um uh vanellope von sweet um uh, everyone loved our costumes we got called out a ton but it, it was blisteringly hot and it was the capacity like there were so many people there for that first two hours they like they advertised that as a perk get into the park a little early yeah but you really can't do a ton in that two hours like because, because you're this is still kind of like the overlap of people yes. getting out for the day and and unlike walt disney world where they kick them out like an hour before the party starts so there's like an hour overlap here they kick them out right at six which is when the party starts so you got a lot of overlap there during that first hour of the party so and, you know, people who are in line, they're not going to kick them out of line or whatever. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to talk a little bit about the differences between this and Universal Studios Hollywood in a minute, because I think Universal Studios does it right, oh, um, which okay. I'll get to in a minute. Um, but anyway, so once everyone's kicked out, we got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy um, Monsters Unleashed, which I didn't realize was an overlay. Um but it was fun. It was a completely different experience. The concept behind that one. Um, so unlike the regular Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout, where you're trying to break out the Guardians, here the Guardians are already broken out, but Groot has gotten lost. Baby Groot's gotten lost in the facility and and all the monsters have been let loose, right? And so basically we're acting as bait <laughs> to try to <laughs> attract the monsters away from, from, from Groot. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Um, like uh, Cars Land, I don't know if you saw some of the pictures or not, but Cars Land, they do up completely. Like all of the decorations are different. Mm -hmm. The the cars come out dressed in their Halloween costume. We got to see Vampire uh, Mater and Superhero McQueen, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, But I want to talk about Villains Grove. Yeah. Okay. So we thought Villains Grove was where all the villains were going to be at. So Villains Grove is not where all the villains are at. Villains Grove is a multimedia projection, fog, light show, sound show experience that you walk through Redwood uh, Redwood Creek or Redwood, Redwood Oaks or that trail, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This show... It's a walkthrough, but basically you start with Frollo and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, you see Maleficent and there's like projections of thorns everywhere. Uh, the Cheshire Cat. There's an entire scene dedicated to Scar. Be prepared. Like, and you walk. So this is this, just like ongoing as, it's you're, walking on, as you're walking through different scenes. They project the the villains project. You don't ever hear. They don't speak. It's just like this ominous theme music with fog and lights and projected on. Um, and then you kind of turn the corner after you get through Snow White and everything. And it's almost like you kind of come to this like fairy forest where all like it's just illuminated lights on all the trees. And then turn the corner. And I don't know if you saw the picture of Amy, Nate and I um, with the light behind us casting our shadow through that tunnel. Mm. Did, did you see that? I uh, did not see that one. Okay. Um, I, You know what? I'm going to I'll have to put it up in the Facebook group. But yeah, a yeah. Amy's like 
face this way because the light was coming from the tunnel and the way the light is set up, you can't, all you can see is our silhouette and it creates this amazing dynamic, like to the point that like it, it could be like piece of art kind of thing. But it, it was peaceful, yet ominous, yet if you're a Villains fan, it's got little Easter eggs and stuff. I'd say it's a 20-minute walkthrough. A oh, lot nice. of fun. There's no treats in there. It's just the walkthrough experience totally makes that event. Absolutely. Okay. Um, then there's the Frightfully Fun Parade, uh, where you see all the villains and... and um, uh, the, the grave diggers are there doing their thing through the parade and stuff as well. Um, and then, you know, throughout the event, you'll hear Oogie Boogie come on. They're playing the Halloween music throughout. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, here's the thing. I've heard it referenced as superior to Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. I don't think that's a fair reference. I want to say it's worse. I would say they are two different experiences. The thing I like about Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is that you've got the stage show with the Sanderson sisters. Yeah. There's a central location um, for everything. Like you can kind of recenter yourself. California Adventure is a weird park and there's no true center to the park. So you don't really have a kind of a way to regroup and say, okay, we want to go here. Or we want to go here. Yeah. You're kind of doing a lot of this, 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 and it feels a little scattered. Okay. Um, Especially for a first time goer. And, and technically while we weren't a first time goer, we were a first time goer to the party. So even Amy's like, I, I want to make a plan. Let's figure out where we're going to go. Cause it's a lot of walking. If you don't have a plan magic kingdom, it just feels like you can center yourself again in the castle, which again is a true Walt idea right yeah that hub of like i mean and that and that's even true outside of the party like to have like the okay let's you know okay what what are we doing or if i'm trying to get somewhere it's like okay well if i make it to the center spoke yes then i know i can go off one way or another <laughs> i think part of it too is we were also really tired so i remind you we woke up at yeah. 5 30 a.m central time that morning we lose two hours by the time we land and get to the hotel and get changed it's and get to the party it's like four o'clock california time but it's six o'clock our time we've been traveling the whole time it's seven o'clock amy's time because she came from michigan so so by the time like by the time 10 o'clock california time rolls around it's midnight one o'clock yeah. like we're we're beat like we're, we're beat but we, we were troopers we stayed right till about 10 30 um Probably 10 o'clock, actually. I take that back because that's when the second parade was getting ready to walk through. So everybody was lined up. But, I mean, we did a lot. And we got a ton of candy. We got a ton of pictures. We had a fun experience. Um, I would say, like I said, I'm not going to compare it to Mickey's Not So Scary because they are two very different experiences. What I will say is this. This one is scarier than Mickey's Not So Scary. There, mm. there, there's more scarier elements that make it frightful especially like villains cove that's going to be scary for a kid um you can definitely bring a kid but mickey's not so scary bills itself as not being scary not so much this one okay okay i you know in general i think the comparison game is a dumb one i agree like the people are trying to be like oh disneyland's better no disney world's better it's like they're two different things two very different things like it, it, and and that's okay it's okay I, those are two very different things. i do want to give disney some advice though disney ditch the thumbprint or the fingerprint at Walt Disney World and do what Disneyland does. 
all they do that you don't even have to use them like everything's right on the app they scan your ticket right on the app and they take a picture of you so the rest of the trip you're there when you scan your ticket your picture pops up you don't have to put your finger down on the thing half the reason you're waiting at walt disney world is that biometric print like yep. just take the picture like yeah. I, why do they have to have two different ah i don't understand but it moves the line so much faster. Disneyland can move through crowds so fast. It's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, overlays. We gotta talk. We got we gotta yes. talk the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. Uh, uh, where do you stand on the Haunted Mansion uh, uh, overlay here? Well, okay. First and foremost, the Disneyland Haunted Mansion is already the far superior Haunted Mansion. Like because it's already got Hatbox Ghost. It, it, it's just far superior. I did not realize the depth of this overlay like i thought you know jack would be over here you know i know they put the gingerbread house in the dining room scene every year yeah um i know that they decorate the outside of the house i didn't realize this was a completely different ride like one this is not the haunted mansion it's actually called the haunted mansion holiday so when it gets dark when they kind of want to bring in and, and, and make the outside exciting when it gets dark the candles light up. They do a projection on 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 the on the haunted mansion. They do. They have all the haunted mansion music. Um, then when you get in the pre-show, the stretching room completely different. You see Jack pop out of nowhere. You see um, the 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 normal stretching uh, stretching room portraits are uh, from the movie. There's four different uh, scenes from the movie. And then the rest of the ride is all Haunted Mansion, Matt. It's all, it, it is a completely different experience. The song is a completely different experience. It is a ride. It's vibrant. It's sharp. It's clean. It's, um, if you're, I'm not the biggest Nightmare Before Christmas fan. If you are, you're going to love every second of it. There are, there are Easter eggs everywhere. Uh, there's a scene in the attic. We got stopped in the attic briefly. There was a scene in the attic where like the stuff that's placed up there is placed up there on purpose. Um, uh, Nate pointed out to me that we could see it. Is it called worms wart and something else? It's the two ingredients that Sally mixes in the, ah. the scientist's uh, uh, thing to make him get sick or fall asleep or yeah, whatever fall asleep. It's, yeah, yeah. it's it's right there and he's like that had to have been placed there on purpose right yeah um uh the, the bride's not there but the, the hat box ghost is um the scene that i think uh, well, well two things when you enter the dining room scene and you see the gingerbread house it's absolutely gorgeous you can smell the gingerbread whether they're Ooh. pumping in artificial gingerbread or it's coming from the house i don't know but that's phenomenal but the scene and I took a picture of this. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see it out the post in the group is when you come into the graveyard, they have this gigantic snow covered Christmas tree with pumpkins lit up jack-o'-lanterns lit up. That's as tall as the graveyard scene. Wow. Matt, I, I, I cannot describe that moment when you come across it it's it's the same area where if you know in the haunted mansion where the ghosts are swirling upwards yeah yeah it's that area right there okay so instead of the ghosts swirling up there words you have this gigantic christmas tree with jack-o'-lanterns on it Dang. I, I, I think i've got a video as i'm videoing it i go oh my god like it just it absolutely is astounding 
and they use black lights really well in there to where everything is so vibrant. Yeah. Um, it commanded um a 60 to 75 minute wait, I want to say the entire wow. time. So so here's how we did this. We didn't do this, it was it was so busy. We didn't get a chance to do it on that first night when we went to Disneyland. We just didn't have a chance. We had so many other things we wanted to do. So on Tuesday, when we went to Disney's California Adventure. That was the day we decided we were going to do Genie Plus. We didn't do Genie Plus on Monday. We didn't do Genie Plus on Wednesday. It was $30 a person per day. That's a lot of money, right? Yeah. So we said, we're going to do this one day and we're going to use it right. Since we had already done a lot of the same stuff um, or some of the stuff we already wanted to do at California Adventure for Oogie Boogie, we took advantage of that. So we did California Adventure on Tuesday. We used Genie Plus for... um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We used it for um, Soren over California. It was actually Soren over the world. Um, and then we waited in line for Web Slingers, which was a lot of fun. That that doesn't have much of a wait time anymore. And then um, in Credit Coaster, had a really really low wait time that day. So like we we walked on in nice. 10, in ten minutes. It was crazy. We did some other stuff like the Golden Zephyr. Um, we did, um, what else did we do while we were there? Did some of the smaller, oh, we did the, uh, um, the emotional whirlwind ride from, um, yeah, yeah, from yeah. inside out. But what we did though, is we knew we were going to go to Disneyland later that night. So we started stacking fat, uh, genie pluses. So I immediately grabbed a genie plus for haunted mansion, which by 11 o'clock was already out to like six o'clock at night. Dang. So I grabbed that, then waited the two hours, grabbed an Indiana Jones one, uh, waited the two hours again, grabbed, what else did I grab? Oh, a big thunder. And then, uh, we also grabbed, um, was it Roger rabbit? No, I don't think it was Roger rabbit. It was, it, I think it, maybe it was Roger rabbit cartoon spin. I, I don't know. There was one more big one we grabbed. Uh, we got like four of them in the park that we knew we wanted to hit that were the big attractions space mountain was down. So we, that was not even part of it, but it worked out. So we basically got six or seven fast passes or genie genie pluses that day. And they were all stacked. So when we went back to Disneyland that night, all four of them were bang, bang, bang. You just, you just went, here's, we're doing this, this, exactly. It was, it was, it was so convenient. One of the things though, that we did run into a lot was every like, there was a lot of attractions down. Like it, it almost seems like every time we went to an attraction or were about to go to attraction, it was down. Like mm. I think that happened to us eight times while wow. we were there. And so like every time, like it, it almost became a running joke because like things that Amy really wanted to do, like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, we're in line, it goes down. Then we go to another attraction, we're in line, it goes down. Like it was, it was almost like comical how silly it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that, that was the, the overlay there. We didn't do the, the graveyard jamboree. I mean, it, it, it's a kitty, right? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, you know, there's, yeah. Um, but those were the two big ones, the monsters unleashed and, and the, the haunted mansion overlay. I finally got to experience pirates, of the Caribbean, which Matt, I cannot explain to you how much more superior that attraction is to Walt Disney worlds. Like, okay. So, you know, at Walt Disney world, you start off, you go down the drop. Well, actually, before you go down the drop, you kind of go through the caves. There's a couple yeah, yeah. Little, little scenes and then you go down the drop and then you're in it. Right. Yeah. Here, there's like one scene. There's a talking skeleton. The one that takes your picture in Walt Disney World's talking to you here. You go down this massive drop. Then there's some 
like it's not the pirate scenes that you know there's like actual skeletons uh a treasure chamber all the stuff you go down another drop oh wow and then you got the basic cave scene and then you kind of come around the corner and you have the big the big ship and that's where you start it right and then when you end it you you go up this giant hill and then you go down another drop. It's, it's oh wow! It's, it, yeah, it's really kind of crazy. You get a little bit more wet on this ride too than you do. Um, okay, at, at okay. Disney World, but it's a, definitely a far superior version of interesting. The ride. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So what else do you want to know? Um. Okay. Uh. Uh. Um. What is something that you like? I think lay fan like me knows the big difference between Disneyland, Disney world, you know, California adventure, you know, the new things it has, but what's a sneaky thing that is just at Disneyland that you're like, Ooh, don't miss this. Ooh, 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 Ooh. Well, you know, again, cause, cause again, you're going to Disneyland. You're, you're, you're going to go to Cal California adventure. You got to make sure to hit the things that are just there. And we all know the big stuff. What's like the one thing that you're like, Ooh, don't, don't sleep on this one. Hmm. You know, that's a really good question. Disneyland Park, and we we got to experience this more this time than last time because Amy really wanted to hit all. Disneyland has a lot more. I don't want to call them kitty dark rides, but like classic dark rides right in Fantasyland. Right. When you walk through the castle, you have Pino the Pinocchio uh, adventure. You have Snow White the Snow White Adventure. You have Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. You have Peter Pan. Um, these are all, and, and kind of around the corner, you've got Alice in Wonderland as well. These are all classic dark rides. They, they are three minutes. You hop on a ride. You, you go on a track. And it basically takes you through the story in and out and you're done. Roger Rabbit's a version of this, um, except it's more modern and you get to control like your spinning yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the car. I would say you don't get a lot of that at Walt Disney World. Like you have a couple of like Winnie the Pooh's there, but Winnie the Pooh's also here too, right? Um, yeah. But you don't have these more classic dark rides that are akin to the actual stories. I don't necessarily want to say those are can't miss, but if you are fans of those stories, those are probably definitely something you're going to want to do. And you can spend a lot of time doing them. And they usually don't command a giant wait time. If you see a wait time greater than 35 minutes for them, just give it a little bit of time and go back. There's no reason to wait on those. Um, I would say as far as like absolute can't miss in credit coaster guardians of the galaxy mission breakout. Those are two absolute can't misses um uh again uh in terms of like rides that you might feel like you already know but are slightly different pirates even small world because like small world's a lot of fun because you can try to like scavenger hunt the different characters yeah that are there right um i will say this disneyland does feel worn down mm. um it, it does feel Again, it's a classic. I mean, any almost 70-year-old park is going to feel this way. <laughs> it, it does have the mildew smell in some areas. Mm. It does have the chipped paint. It does have certain areas that feel like, oh, you can tell that this was from a bygone era. Um, 
don't think that the crowds are going to calm down at night. They actually get worse. Like, like we yeah. made that assumption. Oh, well, you know, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, even, um, you know, nine o'clock, you know, by that point, you know, Disney world closes at nine or 10 Disneyland stays open till midnight. So you think, oh, by nine o'clock, you know, a lot of the crowds will thin out. It'll be a little bit easier. No, the locals are visiting yeah. the park. Then it gets even busier and it's hot and it's it. it, it. So I would say there are moments of like um, you look around and go, it feels magical, but it also feels old. Like, I don't know how okay. to describe that. Like, it's definitely worth it and it's fun. But in the same regard, it, it doesn't feel modern i don't know does that make sense what i'm trying to no say? i i get exactly what you're saying and that is one of the reasons why a lot of people like the park is that it does have this like old time charm to it um it is the original um like it's what because i i think if you were again if you're trying to compare just like theme park and you go disneyland versus shanghai disney it's like well shanghai disney is going to feel way different because that park is what 10 years old not even 2016 i mean yeah it's like it's 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 not even so just like the it was it's gonna feel more fresh and and modern and new because because it it is yeah um i mean even even disneyland to a or disney world to a point like you kind of look at if you were trying to compare disney world to a newer park and and take even a disney out of it like if you are if you're trying to compare it to if you're going to compare Disneyland to the new Epic universe coming out, that's a hard comparison because they're, they're, they're two very different things. Yes. And no, yes, I agree with you, but here's where we're going to get, we're going to transition to universal here in just a second. But so I'll save this argument for that in a minute in that when you go to universal, even universal Hollywood, which is this small little park, it, is night and day difference to Disneyland because the upkeep somewhere along the line, Disney has lost the standards that they used to have even 10 years ago that the upkeep standards just they're gone. I I don't, Mm. I don't know. I don't know what. So I actually, let me, I want to speak to it because we stayed at Disneyland hotel. Yeah. So, so Disneyland hotel, the original hotel um, right there on property in the bubble of Disneyland um, deluxe, my first deluxe experience was unfortunately a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I, I, mm. um, I, I get it. It's the older of the hotels and I, I totally understand that, but I wasn't expecting things like rust on the exhaust fan or mm. dust up in the, in the ceiling um, uh, or an exhaust fan that wasn't even working. For example, like, like th- th- there, there were definitely some, some elements of staying at this deluxe hotel that felt a little, um, that felt a little off that didn't feel like you would get at a grand Floridian or a contemporary or something like that. Now I haven't stayed at those, but yeah, I was expecting more of an experience. Now that said, I was thrilled to death that we were within walking distance of the parks. I mean, basically for those of you who don't understand the layout of Disneyland, um, let me see if I can kind of paint a picture for you. So if you picture the front of Disneyland park, so where your entrance is at kind of like the same gate as you'd see at the magic kingdom, literally across a maybe 500 foot promenade. If that you've got California adventure. So you got Disneyland, California adventure. So then if you're 
if you turn left, if you're facing the Disneyland front and go straight, that's just, that's downtown Disney. That's the entire downtown Disney district. You got world of Disney. You've got all the shops, all the restaurants, all that stuff. you walk for maybe 10 minutes through downtown Disney. There's the hotel. That's, that's Disneyland hotel. That's right there. (laughs) So being able to do all that in like, we literally, the way we did our four, our three days there was we went to the park right around midday, two o'clock, maybe one o'clock. We walked back, put our swimsuits on and went swimming and went, swam for a little bit. And, and then and that's and, something that's a big difference because we talk about this all the time with Disney World that getting out of the park and back to your hotel can be a big event. It, can, it really it, can even be. Even park hopping yeah. is, it's an Not event. here. Not here. Like you can schedule your Genie Plus in Disneyland for one ride and then Disney California Adventure another ride. Now that it's still a walk. I mean, oh, yeah. if you want to go from the back of like Toontown Disneyland to the back of like Pixar Pier and California Adventure, you're probably looking at a 20 minute walk. But you could walk 20 minutes inside one of the parks at Walt Disney World. So oh, like yeah. like and- that's not it's not absolutely crazy. Um we actually got off property on Tuesday briefly. We we decided after our time in the park um, at California Adventure, before we went back to Disneyland, uh, we took the car. We had a car um, and went over and got uh, food off campus uh, at a place over there called Coco's, which we remember from when we ate uh, or when we were there last time. Went to Target, picked up some water, got a 24 pack of water and kind of just did some non-Disney stuff, which is OK. It's, you know, if you yeah. want to be out of the bubble for a little bit, it's not unusual to be out of the bubble. Um but yeah, I would just say overall, I, I enjoyed my time at the Disneyland Hotel. The pool is absolutely gorgeous. The new villas are phenomenal. I'm I'm absolutely excited. And there is something exciting about being in the Magic. But if you're going to be at Disneyland, you don't have to stay at an on-site hotel. You can stay at a good neighbor hotel, which are also within walking or less than a mile distance away from both parks, right? Um, so yeah. So anyway, so we did that through um, Wednesday. Um, we did do Goofy's Kitchen um, for a uh, for a sit down meal. Um, we did the Halloween meet and greet for seventy five dollars a person. Ooh, <laughs> if I would have known it was seventy five dollars a person. I would not have made those reservations. Uh, I do not recommend Goofy's Kitchen. Uh, we had a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. Really, uh, to the point that we brought it up to management and they didn't do a whole lot about it um so yeah to my clients who are going to disneyland i will not be recommending goofy's kitchen (laughs) i've heard breakfast is much better but but okay dinner dinner, like like if you think about buffets if you think about food at walt disney world they have some of the best culinary experiences at walt disney world disneyland uh uh-uh, not so much um th- hmm. their experiences and for me in california not a lot of vegetarian options at all like they're horrible with vegetarian options there interesting um, yeah it was it was that's pretty prevalent like i mean mm-hmm. my wife is gluten and dairy free and yeah. we have no problems at disney world finding uh, stuff. good luck with disney disneyland man i'll tell you but anyway so we did that but we did do the blue bayou too so the blue bayou is a restaurant it's the most requested most reserved restaurant on property it's the hardest to get uh we were able to get that reservation because i booked it first um this is a restaurant that sits you know how in epcot there's the restaurant in mexico that overlooks the yeah yeah, the the three caliberos ride um this is the pirates of the caribbean version you sit on the bayou and watch the pirates ride go by 
That's way better. Really I cool. want to do that. It was really cool. <laughs> um, I enjoy. They had the world famous Monte Cristo, which I absolutely love a Monte Cristo sandwich. Uh, so I got that. Uh, Amy got a couple of appetizer options. Like she got some scallops. She got some other stuff. Nate got um, a veg. The only vegetarian dish um, made with like a cauliflower pasta. Now, Nate, Nate, um, Nate can usually do like spicier food. Um, I don't do spice very well. I like kind of plain Jane. He takes a bite of this. He goes, there's absolutely, it's like a pesto pasta. He's like, there's absolutely no flavor in this whatsoever. And so he gave me a bite of it. I took it. I'm like, oh my God, this thing needs pepper. For me to say something needs pepper yeah. <laughs> means that it's plain Jane. I mean, this thing was as plain as it gets, but the Monte Cristo totally worth it. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, of course, the beignets at Disneyland. You got to oh, get yeah. the beignets. I got those. The churros. Amy got a churro that was literally f- like I watched them pull it from the oven. It was that fresh. Took a, t- took a bite of this thing. It, it just melted in your mouth. It was so good. Um, trying to think what else. Of course. Oh, the one perk about Disneyland Hotel, they got the Dole Whip in the at the hotel. Oh, you don't have to oh, go to man. you don't have to go to Adventureland to get it. It's right there, and so I got a Dole Whip one day. I got a Dole Whip flip, go, go Dole Whip float the next day. I even took a picture of myself holding my Dole Whip float by the pool, which was pretty phenomenal. I, I think to... I saw that picture as I was doing something like really <laughs> dull and mundane. And you're at like, work, and darn like, you, Casey! <laughs> like, oh, I got to ride uh, the monorail. Um, the monorail. Um, uh, uh, water slide, which was really cool. So yeah. no, it was it was fun. I I think the reason why I really wanted to stay at the Disneyland Hotel was that when Nate and I were there last year, um, like we stayed at an offsite property hotel and we walked the parks every day and we walked by the Disneyland Hotel and we went to explore it. And mind you, this was like after a twenty five minute walk in the blistering heat. And the, the the pool's right there. And we're like, oh, how much I would love to just take a dip in that pool. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a wish fulfilled at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, Universal. I want to hear about Universal, especially the Super Mario Land. I, I want to hear about this. It. Okay. I know this is non-Disney, but if, you, if you're anti this, sorry. I want to hear about this. <laughs> so we woke up Thursday. The park opened at nine o'clock. We knew we wanted to be there. We wanted to be there before park opening. Um, Cause I had to go to the guest service to get my tickets. Cause I got a special TA rate um, travel agent rate. Um, when you think universal studios, you, you probably think of universal studios, Orlando, it's a pretty big park. There's islands of adventure soon to be Epic universe. Universal studios, Hollywood is not that universal studios, Hollywood, first of all, is a working studio. They're not working right now because of the strike, but it is a working studio. Yeah. It is small, compact, condensed, but that does not mean that there's not a lot to do. We got there at nine. We stayed right till six when they closed because Halloween Horror Nights was going on that night. There's an upper lot. So it's on the upper level when you enter. And then there's a lower lot that you've got to take four escalators down to. Like it's like all the way down to the valley. So upper lot has your basic universal stuff. You got your wizarding world of Harry Potter's up there. Your despicable me minion mayhem, the Simpsons land, like universal studios is there. Um, The Kung Fu Panda adventures up there. Um, What else is up there? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Like there's, that's pretty much it for the top portion. Then you go down to the lower lot and you got Jurassic world, the ride, you got revenge of the mummy. You got transformers 3d, and of course, you got Super Nintendo Land. 
we made the choice, even though all the other rides had wait times like five or 10 minutes when we got in, we knew that getting into Super Nintendo Land could be problematic later on because it, it fills up and they go to a virtual queuing system if it gets too busy just to get into the land. Mm. Um, so we immediately went down to Super Nintendo Land. They told us immediately, as soon as we get down there, get a reservation for Toadstool Cafe or you're not going to get it. At 9.15, it was sold out. I couldn't even get into Toadstool Cafe. Wow. So like nothing I could do about that. It was already sold out, whatever, fine. Matt, you know how there are all those videos of people going into Galaxy's Edge and seeing Millennium Falcon for the first time and crying? Yeah. That was me going into Super Nintendo Land. If there's one property that I identify with as much or maybe even more than Disney, it's Super Mario. I've grown up with it like many millennials. I've played yep. every iteration of Mario. I've bought every Nintendo system because of the new Mario game. End of story, right? When you walk through, it's a giant pipe. That giant warp pipe. And it goes, tur, 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 you know, the warp the warp yep. sound, right? And you go through, you are immediately transported into Peach's Castle. You look up, there's the cloud scene from Super Mario 64. There's the portraits from Super Mario yes. 64 changing. Um, I was crying. I was literally in tears as I approached this. I, I, I could not... Um, um, uh, withhold my emotions. Then you walk out of the castle immediately there were Mario and Luigi greeting people, which was just absolutely amazing. They later saw peach too. You see Bowser's castle. You see the coins swirling. You see Goombas. You see Koopa Troopas. You see the, the, the spike, the, 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 the cactus spiky. Um, uh, you, you see literally what is this self-contained world of super Mario world. And, and, we looked at the, we went over to Bowser's Mario Kart challenge. Now I got to tell you, I was nervous about Mario Kart because I had heard all these rumors that if you have a waist size greater than 40, you're not going to get on this thing. Mm. I have a waist size greater than 40, but they had test seats. They put us in the test seats, pulled down. No problem at all. I turned green. I was like, yes, I can ride this thing. So the wait time was 90 minutes. That's what it said. You know, I'm on record on this podcast saying I don't wait over an hour for a ride unless it's a new ride. I mean, if it's a new ride that I absolutely want, I didn't think 90 minutes was bad, especially no. with how awesome the queue was. You could definitely tell where the regular queue was versus where the overflow queue was. The overflow queue is set up for those of you who remember Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island that cartoonish kitty type drawing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how the overflow queue is there. Then you get into the regular queue, which is set up, you go through like an underground area. Then you get into Bowser's castle itself. And the idea behind the cart challenge is Bowser has challenged Mario to a race and you're team Mario and he's team Bowser and it's him and his, his, his couplings, his, his illegitimate children, his illegitimate children. <laughs> but as you're going through the queue, you see all the different trophies from Mario Kart. Yeah. You see the locker room of team Mario. You like, there are so many Easter eggs in there. Like the queue itself is an experience. This is one of those times I didn't mind going through the queue. I don't even think we waited 90 minutes. I, I think it was an hour maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we get up, we, we, we hop in, 
Um, they give you a hat, a Mario hat, and then once you get in the car, you attach the visor to it. Okay, because this is one of those augmented reality. It things. is. I would say out of a scale of one to ten, I would give the Mario Kart ride maybe a six. Okay, it's so slightly not, above average. Yeah, it's not fantastic. It's cool being in there. I I would say because it's augmented reality, like you can see the animation in front of you which is cool but what you can't what what you can also see is the track in front of you so you know you're not moving as fast as they want you to think you're moving Mm. so like it'd be great if they could block out the track and make it feel like you were actually moving this might even be better as a virtual simulator to be honest with you i'm shocked they didn't go that route but either way i mean it's pretty cool and you get to shoot shells at at different characters and stuff that's cool yeah yeah you know it's a lot of fun I honestly had more fun doing the second attraction, which is the, you have to collect the keys to go defeat Bowser Jr. Challenge. Now, you can only do this if you buy the optional power band. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the, the the little like, yeah, the which one did you get? Which character? So, so, so uh, Amy got Toad and Nate got... Yoshi. So this is the Yoshi one. I know this is an audio medium, um, but basically it's a, it's a slap bracelet. Oh, it's a slap bracelet. It's a slap bracelet. So it goes on like this. So he got Yoshi. Why, Um, why did Disney not do that? (laughs) I have no idea. And then I got Mario. So I got Mario. Um, I wanted Bowser, but they didn't have Bowser. They don't do Bowser. So I got Mario here. So it slaps on. um, And this is completely optional. They're $40, $44 $40, $44 plus tax. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty pricey, Okay, but, but they allow you to have a little bit more fun in the land. The land itself is like one giant attraction. So um, you're able to um, collect coins. Oh, it smells like sunscreen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, know, you go to the boxes and collect coins. Yeah, so you can, people you can, do that. So you hit the coins. Um, you can do the power blocks. You can do the bricks. And the idea is you're collecting coins and the more things you do in the land, it, it, you can connect your band up to the universal uh, Hollywood app and um, it'll tell you how many coins you collect. And then as you do different things, you earn stickers, you earn different stickers. There's like over a hundred different stickers. You're never going to be able to win them all unless you're like a local resident. Cause like some of the stickers are go to super Nintendo world in October, go to super Nintendo world in November. Like, (laughs) like, you know, there's things like that, but um, so that's fun. But the, 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 the true attraction, the reason why I wanted to get the bands was because the second attraction that's there is you can go and basically defeat Bowser Jr. to win the golden mushroom. Okay. But in order to do that, you have to collect keys. You have to collect three of the four keys that are being guarded by Bowser Jr.'s henchmen. One's being guarded by Piranha Pete. Another is being guarded by a Goomba. Another is being guarded by a Koopa Troopa. And another is being guarded by a Thwomp. Okay. And so you, you go into these separate little queues. They're not very long. Um, The first one we did was the Piranha Pete one. And basically you can do it individually or with your group. And um, you, you scan your band. And with the Piranha Pete one, he's sleeping, but there's alarms going off. And you got to silence these alarms by hitting the tops of them before he wakes up. If he wakes up, you lose. If you get them all, you get the key. So we silence the alarms. Then the next one we do is the Goomba one. The Goomba's coming out of his little lair and you're trying to prevent him from 
coming completely out. So you got to spin this wheel. And once you do that and he falls backwards, you get the key. And then the, the third one we did was the thwomp one where you got to pick a color, blue or yellow, and touch that color and clear all of those bricks before the time runs out. And then the fourth one was the Koopa Trooper one where you got to hit the POW block at just the right time to be able to get him at the top. So you got to collect three of the four of these. And once you do that, that took maybe 35, 40 minutes to collect all three of those keys. Okay. And then when you're done, you go to Bowser Jr.'s lair where you walk through and you work together with a group of people um, to knock bombs and bullet bills and collect power-ups to defeat Bowser Jr. to collect the golden mushroom. Again, attraction of itself. You can only do it though if you get the power bands. And um, that makes the whole land interactive. This is, in my opinion, how you make a land interactive the right way, not like they did with Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. This, this was Galaxy's Edge, I feel, is overly complex. This was simplistic enough that it's made for kids, but adults can do it too. Um, the one up factory where the where the um uh supplies are at is just absolutely phenomenal um all their all their souvenirs and stuff i got a, a flower uh cup shirt because i've always loved the flower flower, flower yeah, cup. yeah so i got a flower cup shirt i got a pen i think i picked up um i know amy picked up a cute few things but overall it was just an absolutely fun experience but here here's what i want to say universal we were there from nine until 5 45 5 50 we got done without an express pass. Well, I actually take that back. We did have express passes because we got trapped on Jurassic World. But even if we didn't have those express passes, we probably wouldn't be able to do everything we did. Uh, when we went on Jurassic World, it broke down right at the last second. Universal knows how to treat their customers. They know how to treat their guests. It's a clean park. Everything looked like it was updated uh, and clean and working and, and proper maintenance. Even on Jurassic World. So we got stuck at the very end immediately immediately the employees came out said hey we're currently down you're going to be on here for just a couple of minutes here's some water they gave us water as soon as we got off they said hang back we're going to give you express passes they eat we each got one express pass each that was good for up to six people wow so basically we got three free express passes for the day we used them on we could use them pretty much on every ride except for a couple few amy used them on um on Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey and then the Hippogriff one. We were going to use the last one on the Simpsons, but it wasn't eligible, but it didn't matter. It was like a 15-minute wait anyway. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. But my point is, is while we were there during that time period, we did the Mario Kart ride, the Mario uh, Bowser Jr. attraction. We did Jurassic World the ride. We did Revenge of the Mummy. We did Transformers the ride. We did the Simpsons ride. Amy did uh, Forbidden Journey twice because there was a single rider line. She did the Hippogriff ride. I couldn't do either of those. I, I was too big. Um, um, and we got to explore. We got to explore. We got to pretty much do all of that stuff in that eight-hour-ish period that we were there. Um and the reason why I said Universal does it right with how they clear people out for the party, all of the attractions, they had signs up that said they were very clear. Everything closes down at 530. Last ride. Oh, yeah. The Universal Tour. That was the other thing we did. We did the, oh, whole, yeah, yeah. the, the Universal the, the, Tram yeah. Tour, which I want to talk about in a second. <laughs> but 
everything closed down at 5 30. They, they, they're very clear about it. Last rides, la last chance to queue up 5 30. So that by six o'clock, most people were exiting and the Halloween horror people were able to come in and do what they wanted to do, right? Um, the Universal Studios tour is the other thing that we did. It's an hour long ride. Yeah. It's an hour long ride. And in that hour long ride, you have what are usually one offs at Universal Orlando. So the Kong ride is part of the tour. The Fast and the Furious ride is part of the tour. Oh, and by the way, you're actually touring the studios as well. And there's um, the Jaws ride is part of the tour. So you get all three of those mixed into this one ride. We were on in five minutes. It was a five minute wait to take this tour. Nice. All in all, our experience, I told Amy as we were walking out, I had more fun at Universal Studios than I had at Disneyland. I mean, that's kind of the, you know, we've, we've been kind of hitting at this, that it, no longer, I don't want to say, I don't want to, I don't want to start to say that Universal is going to surpass Disney, but at least Universal is on par with Disney at this point. And I, I, and, and to, to say like, oh, Universal's little brother now, I don't think so anymore. No. And I think Disney, you guys are in big trouble when Epic Universe comes along. You are. I, 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 again, the experience I got the the Universal employees were more Disney-like than the Disney employees. That's wild. It's scary, actually. Um, there were, I'm not going to say that all of them were like that. There were some good cast members. There were even a couple of great cast members. But like when a ride went down at Disney, it wasn't a, oh, we're sorry this went down. It just was, hey, we're down. Like it, it, it there was no, there just, it just didn't feel as magical. And for the pricing that you're paying to go to Disneyland, I mean, Disneyland right now is the most expensive theme park in the world to visit Disneyland a one day park hopper ticket I think it's park hopper a one day park hopper ticket to Disneyland resort on their peak day is $184 uh, that's more expensive than Walt Disney World crazy and so you have to ask yourself what's the value for my money now granted I got a, I got a special TA rate for Universal Studios. So for me, it cost me, I think, $70 or $77 a person or whatever because of being a travel agent, which is, which is half off. So a one day Universal Studios Hollywood ticket for a peak day is about $140, right? But you still get a ton for your money. There's a ton to do there. And it's, it's a different experience. Um, we did the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, which I've talked about on the podcast once before. If you're going to go to Southern California, this is a must-do tour. You absolutely, it's a four-hour tour, especially if you're a fan of the show like The Big Bang Theory or Friends uh, or anything on HBO. You're going to love this tour. We did that on Friday as well. Um, so yeah. Any other questions, yeah. Matt? I I think that that about you gave, painted a really great picture. I mean, I'm that's on my list even before you know hearing all the things and seeing all the things. It's on my list of like uh, places to go and things to do. Um, it's just as always like the money, 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 you know, time and money are things. Money, but, money, uh, money. Yeah. Money, money is the problem. Um, <laughs> well, that, but that's yeah, the, no, thanks. For... That's the, uh, that, that after I'm done with this podcast, that's, that's my next task is to look at my budget and see how I'm going to pay for it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it's fine um, to pop it out a credit card, but then you got to like, okay, now I got to look for the next couple of months. How are we paying this thing? How are we doing this? Yeah. Um, so, you know, okay. So, you know, this comes out Tuesday. Next mm-hmm. Tuesday is Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm feeling like we're probably going to have some type of Halloween episode uh, coming out on Halloween. I don't know what, but okay. we're going to do something. We'll do or, something. Or, like or we could have a preview to, to preview to, to Christmas. I don't know. That's true. We could do that as well. Because <laughs> November we... 1st in this house is Christmas decorations. Yeah, you well, know, so. we, we got to start the holidays here. But uh, um, yeah, no, that's that's a great kind of, um, you know, firsthand experience of Disneyland and kind of getting some of the like why you, why you should go, what to expect, what, what to expect, what maybe not to expect. (laughs) Um, What I will say is if you're looking to do this, like it it is an absolute must for any Disney fan to go. It can, if you are so used to Walt Disney world and how to plan that, you know, I, I, I beat this drum all the time because it's what I do now. Right. But like use a travel planner. Let, let me help you figure out the best way to maximize your time. I will say that Disneyland is much less intense than Walt Disney world. You heard me talk about that two weeks ago. Um, but it is different and you're going to walk in, it's going to feel familiar, but it's also going to feel, I I would say you're going to feel a little overwhelmed at first because you're not sure where to begin and things that you know, to be true from Walt Disney world are not true here. They're, they're different. So like, let me help you plan that, you know, using a travel planner costs you nothing more and I enjoy doing it and we'll get you. I think the thing with Disneyland, it's really nice is that. There's a literally a hotel for every budget out there where at Disney world, you're kind of, there's a, there's a, there's a minimum, there's a floor mm-hmm. here. Not so much like every budget can explore this and we can make it work. You know, oftentimes people ask me, what is the minimum amount of time that I should plan to spend? So I got a client right now who asked this question for Disneyland. And I, and I told him, I said, you should plan to spend three days. You, you yeah. need a th- three day minimum park hoppers are a must. They're right across from one another. One day in Disneyland, one day at California Adventure, one day for both. And and if you that way you can kind of revisit some of your favorites. You don't need Genie Plus all three days. I think you could do Genie Plus one day, um, and make it you know make that even your last day to hit all your favorites. You'll be just fine. So yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Whew. Well, it's it's a uh, closing time here. Way so, past. Uh, yeah. The bartender hates us right now. We are like yeah, way fine. past time. That's fine. Um, uh, so if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, email us beers and years 1928 at gmail.com and beers and years podcast Facebook group. Those are the best places to reach us. Caseywoolly.com is where you want to go if you want to uh, 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 plan a trip, whether that's to Disneyland, yeah. Disney World, Universal, you know, resort, all inclusive resorts, cruises. I like things. to say this magic, thrills, Cruises and beaches. That's what yes. I specialize in. Yes. Uh, and fakesportsteams.com. Yeah. If you want to get yourself a jersey, if you are the yay sports, goes touchdown kind of people, like you don't really do sports all that much, but you want to like represent fakesportsteams.com is Matt's new venture. Oh, it's hilarious. And because it's my new venture, it means it sponsors this podcast. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, we like to say all the team spirit, none of the commitment. 
Um, if nothing else, go on there and give it a laugh. I, I, it's a personal project, and I can I can say that I have I have I have got my first order from someone I work with, and the products look very nice. Yeah, very high awesome. quality products. I'm about to take a look. I'm, I, I I've been mulling over which one I want to buy, um, and, and see which one I want to get and be able to represent. So I'm coming but. out with a new Thanksgiving one, the Gobblers, and uh, so if you're a <laughs> You need to come up with one of the magic makers. That's what that that needs. You need to have the Ooh, magic okay. makers. All right. I'm I'd always buy, taking suggestions. I, I, w- I would buy one called the magic makers. So. Okay. All right. I'll have to I'll have to do do some workshop. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's go ahead and raise our glass or your cans or whatever it is you're drinking. Uh, this episode has been on us. We will see you again next time. Have a great day, everybody. Bye, everyone.